Welcome to the medicine cabinet. Welcome to the medicine cabinet podcast, episode 19, Father's Day Tings. Yeah, we're doing it. Almost at 20. We're getting there. All right. Uh, Well, the reason I decided to do the Father's Day Tings episode is because uh, uh, when I lost um, uh, my pops, saying I started thinking about being a father and what it would be to to, to to have children, you know, but as an artist, I get scared sometimes about financials and time and, you know, could I could I make it work, you know, but I see fathers out there, you know, who are artists, and I think, it would, I thought this would be a good time to interview them and do a deep dive and get some medicine for myself, and maybe this medicine could be helpful for you too. And the first father that we have is Sydney Driver, uh, is a drummer slash retired barber. You know, and uh, every time I go around the city, seeing him play, he's always killing it. And then I remember my first time I, I met, uh, one of the first times I met, uh, met his kids, he was uh, doing a rehearsal. I was doing a rehearsal with him, and his kids were so well-disciplined, and I saw that he had more than one seed, you know? And I was like, wow, he's really, really doing everything that I'm scared of, he's actually doing. And, like, uh, I had to ask him about it. I had to, I, I, I had to bring him in. And uh, I hope you liked the episode. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes, The Medicine Cabinet Podcast, YouTube, The Medicine Cabinet Podcast, SoundCloud, The Medicine Cabinet Podcast, IG, The Med Cab Pod. Yeah, check us out on all those handles. We're out here saying all day, baby. Yeah, enjoy the episode. We are live. It's going down. It is I, bass player, player, Chris Johnson. We got a, we got a guest hosting today. One of my homies from a, a group I was part of called Team Progress. <laughs> <laughs> We would make progress at all times. It was crazy. You know, we would work out. We would, say we would cook fresh foods. Saying save, save, save the earth. All, all that type of shit. Progress for everybody. But, yeah, my homeboy, Josh D, is up in here saying, of course, got, got the host of the most. We got Lindsay up in the building saying, TJ couldn't make it out here today. Got to stay busy. Got to get these gigs. Got to get this paper. Secure the bag. Saying, Trevor, busy. Saying, <laughs> shout out. Nah, it's right. saying, Trevor going to hold us down. Saying, the guests are honored today. Saying we're, we're kicking off these uh, Father's Day episodes. Why did I choose to do the Father's Day with the passing of my father in 2012? Those things just mean a little more to me. But this is not a time of sadness. This is just giving you the reasons behind what what is, you know. Cindy Driver. Now, Cindy Driver is the is, is the first daddy saying father that we got. I met you through Pitch Black, maybe, or just probably seen you before. King then, of Pitch Black. But then started going in more sessions, see you pretty much everywhere. And then when I saw you with Pitch Black again, I remember that one rehearsal saying when you showed up with your kids. And I was like, damn, homeboy got mad kids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I asked him, I asked you, saying, like, is the same same lady, saying, same girl? He was like, yeah. I, I think. How she many, was there? Yeah, she was there. Mm-hmm. How many years? Because I think you said like 13 or like 18 at the time. 18 now. Oh, 18 now. Okay, I think you yeah, said like 13, 16 at the time. I was just like, damn, you know. No, no, 18 years. years together. 18, 18 years together. I was like, damn, yeah. he really do got a lot of kids. <laughs> 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 Sam, so, we did the last little sub we did was like we're loving relationships. Mm-hmm. And like my last, longest, last shit was probably two and a half years maybe. Sam, so, five years off and on. The longest? Yeah, yeah, Whoa. yeah, yeah. But like, uh, but yeah, I was like, damn, kudos to you. Let me just get a brief uh, thing of like your musical background of like, uh, how like how did you choose the drums? Like, who was your influences? Hmm. Well, 
I started at a St. Mark Holy Church on that uh so church drummer. Church drummer. But not like Which is where? the where typical from? I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Okay. I was originally born and raised and um lived in Crown Heights for a little while too. Lived all over Brooklyn. Um my mama liked to move a lot. And uh so my grandmama, when she could get to me, she'd take me to church. And uh my pastor's son was like my brother, yeah. Matt Townsley, was a drummer. He would just put me on his lap, He'd let me hold the sticks. So he's older? Yeah, he's about maybe 46 now. Yeah. Yeah. And he put yeah, you on again. 46. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it didn't uh didn't work out so well, you know, <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to progress in the in the church, learning how to play an instrument. They're not uh Really looking for, uh, you know, it's like fans watching basketball. They don't want to build up. They don't. They don't want to see the team build up. They don't want to go through the that process. So learning how to play drums, you you gotta kind of like know everything early. They they don't want you to mess up. You can't mess up. There's at, no messing up at the church. Yeah, that's why they put you on that discipline early. Yes. Okay. And that's what uh, kind of rooted me because I kind of wanted to do a, like a lot of like the fast chops and stuff, and I, I just couldn't that, do it. The gospel chops. Yeah, yeah. And I was always good at like you know kind of holding a nice pocket, so that's why I just kind of stayed. It was like this is what I'm gonna do. It kind of worked out. Was getting all the gigs from it. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing that I was uh, impressed about uh, about you because uh, when I heard that you you cut hair. I was like, damn, he cuts here, he's playing all these gigs, teaching, touring. And I'm like, like where does he like find time to like put everything together? But quick side note, like you said you were charging like what, fifteen, twenty dollars for a lineup? Is that oh yeah. Yeah, like uh, I'm a ten dollar lineup guy. No. <laughs> so so could, could you explain to me why you think a lineup is worth twenty, Sam? Like my lines, I will always draw the line on you before I even started. I just got lined up yesterday saying, pick out the flaws of like, wait, so let me take this hat off. And say, so you can see the flaws. Do you, you want me to pick out the yeah, flaws? Call, yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> so when did you get shaped up? Yesterday. Yeah, nah. It don't look like a yesterday shape up. It look like it's been there for a while. Like, like Wednesday? Like a- Maybe possibly a Wednesday. Not a yesterday cut. It's not sharp. I thought so. I thought he fell off. And I got a photo shoot next week. You been with him a while? Uh, I've been with him about a year. That's the problem. About a year. You know what I'm saying? And like, Barbers get stagnant. Everybody else in the shop saying, be pulling my line back. You know, I can't I can't do that. So it's the switch up. But damn, all right. Nah, nah you just went, when, usually sometimes, you know, barbers get a customer and they know he's going to come back. They don't really take the time or put in the care that they would I got I, first walk. I got my $20 guy saying $20 guy. I'm going to hit him up next week for the, before the photo shoot. See? Yeah. And, but he be pulling my line back. Well, that's not good. I'm <laughs> saying like... You got one guy right here, right? You know what I'm saying? Should we give you a one I, I, I don't <laughs> He's retired. He's retired. Yeah, I cut my kids, my son. He's retired. He's retired. Yeah, bring your clippers with you. Nope. I went to my boy, actually... Massive cut over on Nostrum. He is really, really good. We were uh, partners. Is that what linked up with you? Is that why I used to link up with you back in the day? Sam? You used to come to Twin Spot, maybe. Yeah. That was I, the shop I used to run. Yeah, yeah. All right. Got that out the way. 
saying, I guess that ten dollars you can. It was usually it was ten dollars, but the five dollars was for appointment. You had to have an appointment. I had too many customers. That's what happened. I had okay. way too many customers, so you had to have an appointed spot, and the five dollars was to hold you a spot. Cause usually cash was late. Yeah, the game then changed up, man. You can't just walk into a barber shop. Well, way. that's the thing with me. I'm that's not right. only a barber. If I was only a barber, it wouldn't be that situation. I got gigs to get to. I got rehearsals, so I can't just have walk-ins coming in at the last minute and whatever. I need to have my customers in order so I can make it to this gig on time. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, all right. So, ex barber, you don't barber shop no more. When did you just, stop? Yeah. When did you? Yeah. And why? Well, about a year ago, and it was just it got too overwhelming because it was not only barbering; it was I was also a sub para in public school. So I was doing that in the morning. So it was going from working in the morning to picking up the kids, going to the barbershop, straight from the barbershop to a gig, and all over again the next day. So it was like maybe five, four hours of sleep. That sounds like a lot. It was becoming a lot. A sub-parent, like you were like you were a substitute for one-on-ones, mm-hmm. like on days when you were called? And I'm a male, so it's always contained. And always a contained classroom. And it's always... What do you mean by, like, you're a male, so it's always a contained classroom? Yeah, it's like the classroom where it gets physical. Okay, kids. okay, got it, got it, yeah. So, so in the barbershop, play, playing drums, saying, I know you're playing the church. Mm-hmm. Like, like what else is in the... Because I'm a freelance as well. Like, what else you throw in your, uh, your pot? Like, the money makers? Yeah. Well, those were the two. Within the drumming world, because I know you do... Oh, all, all types drumming of gigs. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, because I know you don't have just straight one. You want to talk about drumming that plays with like four or five different bands or you know, everything else that comes up, you know? Well, it's my band, Rhythm and Stuff. We've been on hiatus for a little while. Y'all trying like to, to come up with some more music. Y'all got something for the summer? Y'all about to drop something? No, uh, you know. <laughs> so, so some we, of you? Uh, <laughs> we working on some things. All right. Some, uh, thinking about switching up how to set it up on stage. Just... Visual, visually, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. You know, it's harder for people to pay attention at shows these days. So we're hmm. trying to get a, we're trying to work some things. Yeah, that's some shit floating in the back. <laughs> we we, we gonna we gonna figure it out. Yeah, I get I get like a so jellyfish or some shit. Uh, we went to a Nine Inch Nails show and it was crazy. So there's some ideas. Dude in the chicken suit or something. Well, but you th- you would think I mean Nine Inch Nails they've been around for a long time. When you go to a bigger concert, they have all sorts of effects, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're saying we don't have any, the budget for, for any it. any shows. You need to have an extra. Yeah, an yes. Store? Yeah, you and then you can the VR a lot of beat. shows. I went to okay. a lettuce show in, in my headset. I was like, "What? I don't even have to go out my crib. I just put in the headset, plug my phone into it, and I watched a whole lettuce show." Yeah, like, 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 like. When did you figure out that you wanted to be? I want to make this a career as a musician. You have a certain moment. Yeah, I was playing, and I kind of didn't know. If it was going to really work out, because I wasn't really good. Were you in college or in high school? This was after college. In college, oh shit, you know, I thought I was good because everybody else was bad. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What school did you go to? I went to Nyack College up okay. in Rockland. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not like a really big music school, no? Is it? Well, you know, it's like, it's not my it's, kind it's, of church. I go to, it was like kind of a CMNA kind of church, like, well, we call it white worship. Okay. So, it was it was that kind of thing. I think and I know what you mean, yeah. So, we had a guy, he was he was on campus, he was the one black guy, he was kind of corny, and he would do all the Fred Hammond songs. I was the only, one of the only 
the kids that could play the Fred Hammond songs. Me and another kid, Sherman. And I was just like, all right, I'm cool. But then I got back and I got to get a job because I had my firstborn. How old were you then, firstborn? 21. 21. Yeah. So she, she gets pregnant. Like, is it scared or is it like, oh, this is a blessing? Well, in the beginning, we were like, should we even have a child? And, you know, it was those thoughts. And then we and both you said came. you grew up Christian. Hmm? And she grew up Christian or Catholic? What? No, I brought her to church with me. Yeah. She from New York? Mm-hmm. She brought you girls to the church? I brought her to church. How did you guys meet? High school. Okay. When did you bring her to church? High school or after the baby? Or before the baby? I brought her to church maybe a few months into the relationship. Oh, it's like, I like, this, I like this girl. Let me bring her to the church. Well, yeah, that was my thing. I was I was a church boy, you know? It kept me out of trouble. No, it kept no, me no, out of no. a lot right, of trouble. No, no, no. High school in the 98 was like Blood Crip, Latin King, ABG, everything. I was like, I no, need yeah. help from somewhere. Or I'm not going to make it out of this Brooklyn. I'm glad, I'm glad I had the church up in high school, you know? And then I, I kind of... Kinda... Saved me. I kind of eased up man, in college. It's it's, yeah, it's yeah, most of my yeah, journey. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot of what kept us together, yeah. you know, all these years. And she still goes, we still go. And, and it flipped, like, she's deeper in it more now than I am. You know, I'm, like, more focused in about, like, you know, Carissa. trying to get things done, you know, say, all right, you know, God provides for you. And he does. But I just still just be like, ah, stressing. Trying to get things done. Yeah. And then usually it just works out every time. And I'm like, I shouldn't be stressing. You know, I'm reading the Bible saying, don't don't worry about these things. And I still worry. She's trying to, you know, she keeps me balanced with that stuff. Because mm-hmm. I mean, she's still my, you know, umbilical cord back to the church or back to Jesus. Growing up in church for so long, you kind of get... It's like smoking the same weed, and then you, you need another strain. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's yeah. like all right, all right, man. You know, I've been here. So, yeah. When I got older, and then I, I came back from college. I was working at Guitar Center. I think I was working at the airport first, packing bags in the plane. It was the worst job. And then I went to Guitar Center. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's not the worst job. It's not the it's, job for man, you. Man, it's a, job a for terrible you. job for a person. Nah, to be man. Stop. Up in there, we had caskets sometimes. Stop, man. I got a homie that love that caskets job. Caskets at the airport? Yeah, we. I used to work for Swissport, and we used to pack these tacos. That's not the and job. Sometimes for, that's not the job for you. Oh, my homie worked that shit. He like. Is he shit. Delta though? Because Delta got the sweet stuff. He, I was Swissport. He, we were still like. They got the dudes in the in the truck that push it up, and one guy just pushed the crate in. I, I would love that. No, we still under the plane with the full on bags, dog. Making this short is two inches from the top, or something to catch on fire, whatever. Nah, yeah, I used to work for Swiss moving, moving company. Fuck that bag, I did that too. Hmm? Is that an airline that still exists? Swissport. Swissport was a is a, the baggage. Oh, okay, okay, okay. baggage. Yeah. So did you work that when you had a kid? Yes. Time? So how many jobs were you working? It was just. When you had a kid? It was just at at one point it was Swissport, and then I was just like trying to get church gigs, 
75 hours here, there, a Sunday. And then as I got better, more churches got interested in me playing for them. And then the pay went better. And then I got the guitar center. And then I was just, you know, just going in the room, in the, the drum room on my break. Nat Townsie, it's like my older brother. He's famous. He's teaching at Collective. He comes to guitar center. He's talking to me. And everybody's like, ooh, geeked out, you know. So then they start paying attention to me. And one time, Blitz the Ambassador comes in, and he's oh, like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for yeah, a drummer. And, and we're the next what, person what? we're interviewing is working with them right now. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's okay. Man. Come yeah. in, I'm looking yeah. for a drummer. They're like, well, here's a drummer right here. And I'm like, yeah, I play you know optics. Optics, I play all, all most of optics drum beats from the beginning. He's the next, he's the next daddy. He's the next daddy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, the next, he's the next daddy. So, yeah. yeah. Op kept me on the game. He's like, man, you're the only one that catch my snare, you know? You're the only one that catch my snare beats. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. Right in the basement in a warehouse, Jonathan Powell, trumpet player, was working in the warehouse. And Sadiq Bolden from Platinum Power Pipers, they both working in there. Couple of legends came up out of that guitar center. Powell went with Eddie Palmieri, and then Sadiq took me with Platinum Pie Pipers, and then that's when I did my first world tour. That's when I was like, "Yep, I'm gonna be a musician." Yep, well, I'm yep, gonna play yep. this round. So the kids came before one you, kid. One kid came before the decision to be. That's kind of what the moment was. I was traveling, making money, and I was coming home with enough money for like a few months to just mm -hmm. stay home and just chill with my family. I had to do nothing else. Maybe just do a Sunday gig to not go into what I already made. Yeah, man. And How old was your kid when you went on tour? Two. So yeah. the early years you were there? I mean, like the Skype, Skyping. Just the early, sure. like, when the baby was first the newborn years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was all around. Two, how many months was that tour? Four months. And I was like, whoa. I've seen some places. I met Flying Lotus before you like Flying Lotus now. It was, it, I've seen some backstage things. And I was young. I was like, man, I ain't never seen nothing like this before. <laughs> you, got, you got blinded by the limelight a little bit? A little bit. But I was, I was still like, you I'd know, kind of humble. I'd be starstruck. I didn't, still didn't think I was that good on drama. I was like, I don't even know I'm out here. I don't even know why I'm here. Yeah, just to go well, another time. You had a nice shape up. I was shaping up the people on the tour, too. <laughs> you oh, you did that? Yeah. Right, that, right, see, they were like, we don't have yep. to get... That double hustle shit. I like double that Double hustle. <laughs> I was like, come to the room, you know what I'm saying? Two chains, two chains. Give me some of that per diem. You got to cut. And I get me some Jordans from Amsterdam. Amsterdam got the nice colorways. So I'm like, all right, let me cut a little bit of hair in the room. Give me a nice pair of sneakers and amps. Not, yeah, just to go on a quick tangent, it's like uh, one thing I always notice about like artists, and even myself as a bass player, and even talking to like other musicians I look up to as artists, we never are like fully confident in ourselves. You know, it's like there's always that little bit of doubt. It's like, am I good enough? Did I just fall off from last week? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and, and that shit never goes away. I think that's. Yeah, maybe that's love and passion for your career. I know a love for my career because it's like ups and downs. Mm -hmm. At one at one point, I had quit. With drums? Yeah, it was like maybe <laughs> two years ago. Wow. Two years ago, I was like, I'm done long. with this. That's funny. Girl. It only lasted maybe a month. <laughs> I was getting tired of what I was getting called for. I was like getting, oh, like, yeah. I was like, the money is just, 
I'm tired of getting called for these gigs. I was like, if this is going to be it, I'm done. And I said that. And I put it public. All of a sudden, everybody's like, Come. big money gigs start coming in. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why I got to do this? Yeah, yeah, you just, you got to chill. <laughs> chill, man. Like, but why I got to say, why I got to go out on a rant to actually start getting what I, I, what I think I deserve? But Somebody listened. That's good. Somebody listen, but there's other ways like that. Be careful with that stress shit. That should kill you. What did you do during that month? Sad, like, stress will kill you. Be careful. I was just cutting hair and doing the school. I thought that was going to be it. I was like, I'm just going to fizzle out. What did your um, girl think? Was she cool with it? Did me she... quitting? Yeah. yeah. She actually tried to get me to quit at one point. Ooh. Talk about that. Well, you know, <laughs> being on the road and... <laughs> Seeing all these nice things and stuff. Oh, that Being thing. young. That thing. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get caught up. Okay, okay, okay. And it was it was bad at one point. You know, and we were like two kids now. We had a daughter. What, we what had age, an apartment. What, what age you had the second kid? kid? You had two kids total? Four. Four yeah. kids total. Yeah. What's their, what's their age range? It's 14, 9, and the twins are four. Oh, okay, so twins. three. That's how that so three kids. Well, three sessions. Three <laughs> sessions. <laughs> Four kids. Three sessions three that worked out. Session. Three pregnancies. <laughs> no twins on either side though. Three sessions. Four hours. That's crazy. <laughs> Drop double A. Yes. All right. So they're, for, they're fraternal. They're fraternal. Yes. Are they same sex or? So I got a girl, boy, girl, boy. Are they Gemini? The girl came out. No. It's Gemini. Just September. That's what I have to ask. Yeah, some of the fans want to know about September that. September or something like that. Some of the fans want to know about that. They, they, they love that from the fans. Oh, yeah? Some of the fans from the hosts. Oh, uh, I don't really know. No, no. You don't just, have to get it. All you got to say is the month. Say the month. September. Thank you. What's the longest you went on tour? Four and a half months. We were on tour with Blitz. And then while we were on tour, it got extended. Say, because, like, every time I've been on tour, all right, this is my situation. So I go on tour, say, come back, and then it's like, i just been around all these people. I need some a long time, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and, and they really like, want to just see yeah. you when you get back. It's different for me, because I be missing them when I'm gone. Okay. Well, I mean, not them as in other ladies. I'm talking about, like, the wife and the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, are, yeah, excited, yeah. you are excited to see them when you get home. Nah, nah. Like, I met two weeks out, I'm like, oh, man. Nah. <laughs> well, I didn't have kids, you know what I'm saying? But, like, maybe there's an actual bond that comes with the children. No, I, when I saw when I first saw her, I knew I was going to marry her. Okay. I had already knew it. She was walking up the hallway. I was like, yep, I'm going to marry this girl. That was in ninth grade, and we ain't wow. get together till senior year. Did you? So you liked her from then? Yeah, but she had a boyfriend. You fought him? <laughs> nah, I used, to, I used to do stuff like to kind of harass her to, to get him to try to fight me. Oh, he was ready. Yeah, but he never he never bit on it. So wait, how did you so guys wait, get together? Yeah, yeah. How did the switch off happen? <laughs> switch off. Another ex-boyfriend of hers, whatever, didn't like that guy neither. So he fought him. No, nah, <laughs> he used to run home from that guy every day after school. So then she realized... He was a punk. He was sore. Yeah. I found out she was single. My boy Abraham. See, see, you see, live, live cool. near her. You see, guys see, cool. see, 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 like, we was in the same classes all like, the time. Like, you guys weren't close. Like, you weren't like... Like, I would... Every like, day I would speak to her, you know, I would like... Touch her or like, you know, put my finger on her food. 
like in lunch, <laughs> you know, do silly stuff while her boyfriend was there. But I didn't really know she liked me till like we broke up. How did she react up. when you were touching her food? She just rolled her eyes and just, you know, look away. She never really reacted crazy. But I was just, you know, <laughs> stupid puppy little love, boy running around love. doing WWE moves on girls and stuff like that. <laughs> You know, doing stupid stuff. It was stuff. a different time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's a different time than now. People still do WWE. <laughs> <laughs> the um, when, when she got free, I, I threw the word into my boy Abraham. I was like, yo, man, yo, tell her I like it. Because they walk home together. Damn, does he like, like her? He, nah, Abraham was. He liked her, bro. Abraham was. <laughs> I think, was Abraham in your wedding? No, we tried to have a secret wedding and just 300 people just popped up because my pastor <laughs> announced Abraham it. Like I came, wait, <clears throat> I was on tour. I came home the day before my wedding. She, she stayed out, so we didn't awesome. see each other. <laughs> no, And I thought was, I, I had a regular suit, whatever. Turns out people was buying her dresses. I got to the church. I'm waiting like two hours for her to get to the church for the wedding. I'm sitting on the side. I'm like, wait a minute. Why are all these people here? It was decorated. It was supposed to be just me and her before service and then whatever going to church no he announced it somebody bought her a dress she came with super makeup looking mad good and she was pregnant with my second at that moment how did um, having a kid like change your approach because it's interesting because you're saying that you didn't start really believing you were an artist until you got on that tour and you already had a kid by then yeah so i mean i was you, still you're doing just, jobs you're just kind of still cutting hair whatever Still trying to do side stuff to make my dream happen. I was like, I want to play drums. I want to get better. And I just practice every day, every single day. So your breakthrough is after college, you said, between first and second child? Yeah. Twins just came four years ago. So and then, I was already, I'm already playing drums. She was four or five months pregnant. When you got married. <laughs> Can't do math on Rosette. No, How did you stay connected? Uh, you mentioned the Skype thing. So when you were on tour, how did you stay connected with Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi, whatever they call it? <laughs> <laughs> get the get the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Connect. I had I had bought an iPad in Belgium. Had a camera. I was like, all right, cool, I'm ready. And I would just talk to them through that. Then my boy Ezra Brown put me on Google Voice to so make free calls. Yeah, and. I would try to check in every night. It was Wi-Fi. Boom, 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 boom. You know, in the early years, four or five month tours was cool. I was like, yeah, I can stay away that long. I ain't trying to get back. But like, <laughs> you know, responsibilities. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's fucked up. I'm out here. It's still harder on the road. People, she, she used to think it was a lot of glitz and glare. I'm like, listen. No, There's no. a lot of floors slept on. Don't, this was like, and especially the Hobo tour. Like the first tour Blitz, Literally called the Hobo Tour. The Hobo Tour. <laughs> Blitz Breakout Tour, trying to get over in the Europe. There's one festival we needed to play, a festival in Rennes called Trans Music House Festival. It was like every rapper or whatever group that comes with this festival always gets, you know, a nice festival uh, schedule. It's like, all right, cool. So we set up other little dates around there. And I took a duffel bag like an idiot. So I was carrying my clothes everywhere, plus symbols and two snares. Dummy. And um, what should you have done for people who are taking notes? Little rolly bag, 
Always get the Just hoodies. drawers and socks mostly and some sweatpants. Two pairs of sweatpants. You gonna collect festival shirts, wear them shits. Don't, yeah. I never think about that. You're right. You're yeah. gonna collect festival shirts, wear the festival shirts while you're on the road. It's and, still like a uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then you got room. Like if you see something really nice, you still got room in your bag. Buy it. Take it back. Yeah. You gotta, gotta pay no weight. Crazy weight joint. Yeah. How to pack light by Sydney Drake. How to pack light on the road. <laughs> the tour, you gonna mess up clothes. You don't come back with good clothes if you take good clothes. It's not coming back nice. It's because muddy festivals. It's, it's all kinds of stuff. Don't set yourself up. So you be doing those type of festivals? Mm-hmm. We did Ross Gilda. It was, what, 300,000 people? What? We went on after Janelle Monae. I couldn't, Tell us what it's like to I couldn't see. Crowd. I couldn't see the end of the crowd. It was unbelievable. We do this thing at the end where we get the crowd to chant Blitz the Ambassador. And hearing 300,000 people say that, I think it made Blitz crazy. Yeah. Because then after that, we, we everything fell apart. Oh, God. Yeah. That was like... Oh, God. We're going to ask Optics about this on Tuesday. <sighs> Uh, I've just never got to go on the tours. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm right now. When you say it made him go crazy, we're going to ask him about the mental state of, mm-hmm. him, of Blitz. Yeah. I'm a burner. I did Burning Man. Said, like, that's mm. 7,000. He calls mm-hmm. himself a burner now because he went to one Burning Man. He's, he's <laughs> a really big burner. I'm a burner now. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot. I've been, I've been initiated. I've been initiated. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Pine Pop Pine News was like maybe 40,000 at Mars Attack Festival. It was like... Mars Attack, like the movie? It was like, no, it was, it was like... See, but in the beginning, I was playing drums and I was doing good, but I was always out of the country, so nobody never really knew me locally. So when when I got back, I didn't really know where to go, and then I met Lex, because we were trying to find a bass player for Blitz. I was like, yo, that's a white boy playing bass like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got to get him on. And then... I tell him I got a t-shirt coming for him. Uh, Lex? The bass player, yeah. Ah, all right. All right. I'm, I'm designing some shit right now. He took me to the, the old New Blue. And I was like, what is this world? How many New Blues are there? There's a new... It's two. Oh, I thought that was one. like three or four. And it was one in Brazil, right? All right, so I got another question for you. Mm-hmm. I got all the father questions. This I'm a father myself. When you got back, or how did you feel like, as you're communicating with them long distance, like... And at that age, do you feel that your she was your daughter? That's your firstborn. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your daughter like kind of recognized you? Like you got a daughter too. Yeah, I have a daughter too. Like my facial appearance. Yes. Yeah. For sure. And then when you got back, what was that like? Like do you like uh, what was that like door. seeing the change? Yeah. So she like just jumped right. Yeah. On. She okay. was always still is. She's like, daddy, and she supports me even when it gets hard. She's like always the one that she just knows when the hugs, when I need one. She, I don't know how she know, but she just know. And just like, like a cat. Yeah. Um, she's been old, around sorry, the toy life for a long time, so I guess she could kind of know when daddy frustrated. How old is she? 14. Ooh. Oh, all right. That's that scary. It is right before she's the learning bass. Oh, God. Right, From Aquas. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. I got to get her t shirt, too. Yeah. yeah. She can play a full song now. How do you feel your parenting style changed between kid one and kid two? Kid one, everybody's hands on. You, mommy, grandma, everybody. <laughs> kid two, everybody's kind of like, you know, faded back, still kind of on the first one. Ooh. So I saw that happen to my brother. Didn't work out for him too well, you know, as far as like being connected with the family. 
He had tour? Middle child syndrome. You had guy as well? Or no? Nah. I got him a job at Cafe Watch serving with me. Okay. But it's, you know, yeah, it's yeah. my brother. I pay a lot of attention on because I remember, like, getting all the attention. Who's yeah. older? Who's younger? He's younger? Yeah, he's younger. Oh. I'm the oldest. How many in your family? Four brothers. So that was actually How one of like, No girls. I want to say. So four boys. So that was actually one of the, the questions on just youth we wanted to ask. It's just like, what what was your family of origin like? Mama raised four boys. Your <laughs> dad? Or, or in daddy. Brooklyn. And you say you moved a lot. Daddy? Uh, I don't know my daddy. Never, Never met, met my dad. Y'all got all the same daddy or not? No. Everybody's got a different daddy. Dad was different. Being the oldest, I had no father. Who do you have as my a father figure? Pastor. That's why That's Nat why. Townsley's my older brother. Like, hmm. You were in the church the whole time? Grow up? Yeah, because, you know, my mom had me at 16, I think. She was 16? Yeah. She was, you know, kind of, you know, trying to find herself. So it was like shelter life. Yeah. So In New York. Oh, yeah, dog. Up until when? Remember age? 80s shelters? You didn't visit in the 80s. Nah. I can only imagine. Oh, I, was, I can only I was, imagine. 80s shelters? 80s was bad here. 80s was really bad here. That's when the burning built Bronx is burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 80s was really bad. So I'm out 16, trying to hold her own in the 80s. Wow. With a baby. Wait. So sometimes she would leave me with my grandmother for extended amounts of time. So I went to school with my grandmother. My grandmother took me to church every single day. No matter. No matter what was going on, she went to the church for prayer. And then we woke up yeah, in the morning that. before school, prayed on the edge of the bed. Prayer for like a half hour. Go brush your teeth. Breakfast, school, after school, homework, church. So sometimes after prayer, whatever, I would like you know, try to little sneak a little drums, break the little uh, wooden pieces off the church fans, and no. use them as drumsticks, and try to get a little practice in there. So this is about how you stay disciplined. How yeah. do you stay disciplined learning drums? This well, that's let me know. know. Like <laughs> I, I really kind of like these, and then I, over time, like setting stuff up at home, like toys, mm-hmm. hitting on it. So, it was always there. I just didn't really know I could make money from it. And then, like, have three passports. Like, what? So, let's go back to that. So, between one and two, you felt that your uh, you know your career really kind of started to blow up. Mm-hmm. So, can you talk about, like, that transition and, like, having a second kid on the way? Did that put more pressure on you? Did that, that change more- how you practiced? Like, how you approach things? Like... It put more pressure on me and my wife, you know, in terms Did of Did you like become more disciplined help. in your art, though? Yeah, because I knew I needed to make it work or I had to do something else. And it was like, I'm too far along to, to try to do something else. Start doing coding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> uh, become a lawyer. Become a I'm close. People are emailing me. I'm meeting some really good people. People actually want me on recordings. It's, it's happening. So... One time in Paris, I'm in the hotel, and I'm getting hit up on Twitter, like, call your wife, call your wife. Like, people that wouldn't even tell me, like... What happened? Had a fire. At the crib? At the crib. <gasps> oh, shit. And I'm in Paris. How I'm like, I'm helpless. Wait, this is for you? No, I, I was like, I don't have nothing. Like, what do we got? I was, was she, I asked her, I was like, do you want me to so come back? She was like... We need all the money we can get now. Like, I'll deal with it. 
No. How much did you guys lose? Everything? They were okay. Though, what we I did guess. lose, the cops didn't, you know, watch the building. The crackheads or whatever took the rest. Oh, so, wow. You know, my watch is some sneakers. She she do hair. Well, she did hair. She's art teacher now. And they took her hair stuff. They took a lot of the baby stuff. And I drove by a few months time? later and they had my uh, kitchen table you see out, outside the building. You're like, I recognize that. <laughs> yeah, just playing cards. You know, I was like, <laughs> I fucked up. Yep. I know this table. Yep. Wait, what year is this? And, and where were you living at the time? I, I was living on the corner of Ralph and St. John's. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it was rumored oh, that they what fuck is a set the fire like, in the basement. Out. They did it on purpose. It was a lot of faulty stuff because my electric bill was like three hundred a month. And she was like, you playing Xbox too much. I was like, ah! nobody plays that much Xbox. And she had Con Ed no, come out and read. No, $300 a month in what year? This was... All right. Yeah, it's impossible to play Didn't that much Xbox. Joe was too... Even if you left it on 24 hours a day. And it goes over 100 during the summer always, which is always yeah, no, already crazy. We were getting a laundromat's bill. There was a laundromat downstairs connected and a corner store. They had Con Ed come out and read. We was getting charged for that. They were hustling. Like, yeah. Respect to them. So nah, fire, fire starts <laughs> in the basement somehow. We had to, So she had to go into a shelter. My grandmother stayed with her in the shelter with the two kids at the time. And then they put us in housing in the projects. And But before that, we had to stay with her mom. So it was two kids and us. Staying in her mom's living room. For how long? For like six months, I oh, think. Oh, that's a long time. It was a while. It was it was heavy. And then NYCHA called, and then they showed us the apartment. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I got enough for like a three-bedroom apartment, two baths. Yeah, but like insurance. They, they gave us the, uh, how much we had to pay that address at? $276. Dollars. Yeah. No. I was <laughs> like, what? What? Yeah. I was like $276 but as you make more money it goes up so now I ain't paying $276 no more it's up it's it's almost three bedroom up but when you first get in there it was like I was like yes so it helped me save I had the food stamps and it helped me save get food whatever eventually I started making a lot more money got a job at Cafe Wa I made it three nights a week and they was like, they told me I can't have food stamps no more, and I cried. <laughs> no <laughs> I more, cried so hard. Change. No more, no more fancy yeah. cheese. No, that's not why I cried. Oh, I remember free. standing on the line, and I remember the Hasidic Jews skipping the line, going up and getting in the office. And I'm like, I know they got money. How they still got food stamps? Yeah. So I, I still need I food stamps. I know they have money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know they're going to eat too, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they be run, they run, they run, they run, they run, they run, they get food stamps. Some parts of Brooklyn they run like no. First of all, how they don't have to stand in line? line. There is a thing with that. You know what I'm saying? That's the crazy part. I'm standing in the line. This whole segment might be edited because we might get a little. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, we are alive still. No, I'm like. I'm fucked with that. Like, is, is no, 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 no. Don't, don't backtrack. We're just going <laughs> to... Right, so let's move on. Listen. 
we we've covered a lot of what we so we we're going to cover, but uh, and and we'll go into the fun stuff about pros and cons of being father in a in a second. But okay. one thing, yeah. one thing is, so we have this question that's about like the hustle, the struggle about like music life. But mm. from what I'm hearing you say, like the actual hustle struggle, very much preceded you getting into music. It actually sounds like music was sort of like a coping skill to that. So I have two questions. Yeah affiliated with that one is any of you have three younger brothers like what did they have to help them get through like shelter life moving from this to that uh, that's that's one question the second is um actually let's just go with that one first what do they have to like, get through did, it yeah was it you what did they have their father figure yeah okay. i was daddy well all the rest of them know their fathers mm. but you know not really they know who they are they don't really contribute you know, when 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 my his next age. brother Mike was younger, his father would you know come get him, take him out to Coney Island. I would be a little jealous because I ain't know my daddy. He didn't take all y'all out. No, no. Shit. And then my mama. That's another why I, I reason why that. I started cutting hair. Whoever my mother was dating was my barber, and they would jack my head up. And I was like, Nah, that's not gonna happen. I I need to change the world. I need to change this. <laughs> I need to change the world and become a barber. I love that. No, <laughs> they used to I tear me up. And then my little brother, my little, my little brother <coughs> Nate, his father, he was pretty oh, good. So he gave us a nice bowl. It was a bowl cut, but your line was tight. Beggars can't be choosers. Anyway, so, you know, my brother just recently, you know, was still going through a hard time, you know. Because he never really, I feel like he never really felt the connection with, the, <coughs> with my grandmother. <coughs> she never really took him. My aunt would usually take me, but if she couldn't take both of us, it was me. It was never really like take him and not me. It was always I had to be in it because I was the oldest and everybody gave me all the attention. I try to give him all the attention and that's what I do with my second son. He gets a lot more of the attention than the oldest and the twins. Yeah, the things our parents didn't do for us that we wanted and we desired so much. We do that with the with our... Mm-hmm. Or the offsprings. I ain't got no, I so got no focus, You focus a lot on on essentially your middle child, not because you were the middle child, but because of because of the empathy you have for your middle child brother. I feel my brother would would have been a little further along if he had a little bit more emotional support from a lot of the other family members. Like, yeah. all right, so like, remember what I said when the firstborn was born? Everybody's hands on grandma, and grandma. So you feel like your first daughter has my first daughter. She's been to Disney World already. You know. My aunt took her. Uh, she's going on a cruise coming up. She's the first one to get a passport. You know what I'm saying? So the first one always gets a lot of the whatever. And my boy, I'm like, nah, that's not going to happen with him. Because I see what happened. And that's not going to happen. So I give him, I take him to tennis in the morning. I'm, like, I'm tired in the morning. <sighs> Even if, you know, he's not really listening. I'm a little bit more patient with him than, you know, everybody else. Because he's stuck in between with the older sister and still trying to play baby with his younger ones. So, it's a little bit of confusion there. And I, you yeah. know, I just try to... That stress... Pay a lot more attention to that. That stress, all that shit that holds you back mentally where you just... Mm -hmm. Like, where you're not comfortable. You're going to have success and have more success when you're, when you're comfortable. You're able to shoot your shot a little better when you have that, that confidence, but when you're not but you, feeling confident. But you need that nervousness, and, though. Well, you need the pressure, but you have to be able to work through that pressure. But, like, if you're not confident to work with that pressure... Yeah, but you got to learn that. Me 
first time you being on stage compared to now. Remember that adrenaline feeling like, oh, it snaps. People actually watching me. If I call my aunt about a certain situation, and my brother call Dude, my aunt about the same situation, it's gonna be a different. It's gonna be a different answer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, true. Me being confident that I'm gonna get a certain answer because I'm I've had that support like that entire time. He can't call and he don't feel like he can call and say like, you know, I need help with this, or whatever, because he never had that support. I think support. This is your your son. This is my brother. brother. Okay. okay. This is what I didn't want my son to have to feel like. Yeah, okay. He's not getting the support. He can't call daddy or anybody and get help with certain situations. Like my brother tries to do everything on his own. Do do you feel like you've used what you learned kind of helping raise your brothers? Have you applied that to your kids? Yes. And, like, what's the relationship with your wife in terms of parenting? Like, my parents, my mother was, like, we were scared of both of them, but we were most scared of my mother. They had, like, a very disciplinarian way of setting expectations and goals. So how do you do that with your kids? How do you encourage them in terms of, you know, with the things that they want to do? Or, like, let's say they get out of line and stuff. Like, how do you... If they get out of line, to a certain extent, it comes about, you know? It's not brutal whooping. It's just... You need to, like, something's going on. You need to wake up and focus again because you're on the wrong track. Yeah. Usually, I don't have to do that. Like, the oldest no more, she don't she don't get beat no more. You know, late night when she's laying down and steaming, I come in and sit on the edge of the bed. Hey. You know, and then I just start talking. And Is that how you were raised? Like, like, no. Your mom didn't? No. My daddy... Threw it down on me a couple of times. Oh, oh, like the beans? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it was only beans. That's how you. Yeah. So that's what he's saying. He's doing differently with his. Yeah. Daughter. Saying that at when a certain point, she didn't need that anymore. Yeah, no. Like you. And you can no just talk beans. to her. I can just tell her like, you know, because when I was little, she. When they're all little, they were all afraid of me, so I never had that problem. Like when I get home, if something need to be done, and I'm like, scattering. Yeah. So when <laughs> it doesn't work like that with mommy. So no. is mommy like the comforter and you're the more disciplinary? No, mommy still tries to yell, but I just they just don't really budge on it. I don't know what it is. I can't Maybe even... they relate to logic. She never really cracked the belt at him ever. Okay. So, there's so no, she can't yeah, enforce. Yeah. She she's always barking. I'm like, you gotta you gotta sometimes you gotta string them up and let them know because <laughs> they they would just they'll just keep doing it. Nah, 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 I ain't got no kids, but, like, I wonder how, how I react, you know. I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not for abuse or anything, yeah, like, nothing yeah, like that, yeah. but I think I'm not, a nice spanking, I tell myself, there's always a time for a nice spanking, but I know me as a kid, I don't listen, I know what no, my mother would say, who can't hear, feel, that was just, that, that's what it was. First of all, just just by her <laughs> saying that like, just made me scared. But that's what I ain't even. Just, yeah, I like the accent, what, right? That's why. That's why I listened back in the day. Right? It's uh, like and like and like I still see that and I hear that in my head. And I see that in other situations, but like I'm not against. Yeah. Well, it gets but easier like, as as but, they get older. But it comes with things intent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like do you the um, oldest. Can now watch the younger ones, and she uh she's cooking a little bit, getting into she the base. She has more responsibility. Mm-hmm. So you, 
so you encourage all, all your kids musically too? I tell them to be musicians. I tell them if you want to go, Shit. if you want to go places, if you want to see some things, get good at that instrument, and it'll take you wherever what, you want to go. What do they each play? Otis is bass. Okay. Joseph is piano. He acts for the piano. I, you know, I'm like, yo, play drums. I can teach you that. And Joseph is the the second kid, right? Yeah. How old is he? Nine. Nine, and he's playing piano. He's uh, figuring it out how to record himself playing now. And he'll be like, Daddy, look what I made. So I'm like, all right, all right. And, you know, I got friends that sometimes still ask for shape-ups, like Corey Henry and stuff. And they come over in the morning, and I'm like, you got to teach me kids. Dimitri, come by from Cali. Got to teach me kids. Show them something. So I'm like, I got all these people. Yeah, that's awesome. So bass mine as well. Super cool. That's awesome. You want to shape up. Teach my I gotta, you know, I don't cut no more. That's awesome. Teach my kids. But like early on practicing, it was hard. So what I would do is I would pull out their bass and piano when I got to learn for an upcoming show. And we all learn it together. You oh, know? wow. Even though they're not really playing the right stuff, I'm still getting through the music. And they would sit down and be in one spot. And you have to okay. check on the stove mm-hmm. or stuff like that. I was like, all right, it's practice time. That's awesome. Now they're older. To learn music for me now is with working out. Plug in and I try to work out to the tempo of the music and do different workouts with this a verse, chorus, or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes it helps me learn a lot of fucking music. That's really And I get muscles. <laughs> yeah. And I get muscles. Practice and workout. Are there any pros and cons you think that are to be a musician? No, to your career from having kids. I know, like, what you just explained, you're more disciplined because of your children, Mm -hmm. because, you know, your time, Mm -hmm. you know, but, like, what are the pros and cons, you think? Are there any cons, basically, I'm asking you, saying, like... If I had kids now? If you didn't have kids. If I didn't have kids, I think I needed the kids to up my drive in life. Because, you know, coming out of Brooklyn, man... Jesus. You know, it was it was nothing. It was really nothing. I got a lot of friends, you know, from high school. It's just like, they don't know what to do next. In high school, yeah, we, we just, just played around. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't really know what we wanted to do. But, you know, that, that came from, like, the people before us. Like, it was just go to church, you know, come pay offering. It was like, yo, no, there's other things. You know what I'm saying? Don't just lock us in this church building and that's going to be it. No. You know, this me and the Corys and, you know, the other. It's a lot of church musicians just broke away from that. Like, yo, no, this is not it. People yeah. are hurting. Stuff is happening. We need to be traveling the world and meeting other people, meeting other cultures. I think this is right. what the Bible talks about. We're not doing none of that. We're not doing none of what the Bible talks about. Sitting around reading it. I don't even know the Bible is still on it. Your kids? Missionaries. That's you're supposed to go out. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. It's not. It, it don't mean go out and be like be for Jesus. Well, that would be or what die. A, that would be what a missionary does. But no, you're saying you're more... that's a martyr. Okay, okay. That's a martyr. You go out and you be like, hey, somebody asks, me, like, yo, how'd you learn drums? Church. Oh, I want to come to church. And sometimes when they visit New York, they come to your church, and they were like, I never experienced church like this. I don't know this kind of church. And your kids are involved in church. Yeah. That's shining your light. That's how you get people to Christ. Okay. You don't. You're like, oh, this is what I do. This is how I learn. You want to learn? This is where you come. You like Jesus? You don't like Jesus? Whatever. 
My mother was like the other day, she's, Chris, sometimes you got to try something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, you just can't keep on doing the same shit. That's why you're on your burning And because I asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's a burner. Because I asked like. Oh my, you should be wearing the earring. She was talking about Easter and uh-huh. she's like Dwayne. Right. My brother Dwayne was out with her. I'm like, should we be Dwayne out of church? Dwayne will go to church. She's like, yeah, Dwayne came with me. I was like, <laughs> well, I mean. I was like, what? Yeah. But, I just keep him in church because church helped me. It's a lot of responsibility. Like, just raising the kids, just even being a musician. That all came from church. Learning how. I never went to school for it. It was just sitting under other drummers that came by the church with other churches or whatever. You uh, reviewed, obviously, that you don't know your father. Uh, So, like, how does that influence you as a... We talked about how that... Okay. How that influenced you in your upbringing with your siblings, but I wonder about how that translates... To, to you as a father, the fact that like not having a father around, like how does that influence? It? Maybe even like just in your your internal dialogue, um, not even necessarily behaviorally, but like just how does that inform you philosophically? I just try to fill in like the empty spaces I had when I was going through something more when something was important to me, and I was like, man, it would be nice to have a dad here. I try to be around for those moments, especially at night when a lot of things is going through your head. In school, you know, you you come and you learning new things every day, every year. And you're a teenager, you don't know what's going on. Or, you know, just like going on a trip and having enough money to get a stuffed animal. Because other people are getting stuffed animals. You know, couldn't get a stuffed animal sometimes when you went on a trip. When I was little, his mommy ain't have it sometimes. So I try to make sure I always have it. I'm always there. Like the important dates, you know, some stuff they, they know. Like, like, well, work. I show him the receipt when I come from BJ's, $450. Like, you see that? It's $450 a month I buy for groceries. <laughs> we eat that. This is why I go out at night. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's good to show. If you, you have something that maybe you didn't have when you were growing up, like to show your kids just from an yeah. early age, like what the value of a dollar is. Yeah, yeah. Dollar, yeah. stock. I wish I had stocks had. before. I'm getting them stocks, yeah. passports, everything. They need to know like... But, and then showing them what the impact of that is rather than just like it's there. It was a lot of gated things happening in Brooklyn. Like nobody was going out anywhere. Like nobody could go anywhere. Nobody had dreams to go anywhere. The church took me on my first tour out the country. We did like a, a week thing in Macedonia. And they, they got me my first passport. And we went out and we had to do some dinner. And it was, it was these cardinals. And he was drinking wine. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought we couldn't drink. So I was like, oh, this is different. And I was like, well, you know. And then as life progressed and more towards I was like, yo, this is, this is not what I learned. So I tried to uh, give him a lot of the stuff I've seen. When I talk to them and, well, you know, try to help them through different situations and just prepare them for life more than I was prepared for. Like, it was it was just like everything was at the moment. Nothing was like prepare for the future when I was younger. It's like well, my well, my parents, yeah, they just had me on like how to work hard. And but like there was always working. So like that those little into like those personal connections. Yeah. I felt we never really developed. I know they mm-hmm. care about me. I know they love me. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if my mother knows my favorite rapper. Oh. I, don't, I don't know if my mother knows my favorite food, even. Would you want your mother to know your favorite rapper? I don't care. I don't I don't know. Know. Well, one of our questions You feel like your mother doesn't really know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, you think if daddy like, wouldn't... 
Daddy would know. I'm not blaming daddy and no mommy nothing. I'm just asking like uh, mm-hmm. that type of relationship. With, like, because uh, it is what it is. And like, I love my parents for everything. You know what I'm saying like, I'm here. I got got my shirt tucked in right now. You know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I got close my back. Got okay. Nah, nah. I did that. To, I That's don't, just I don't. for today. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's for you, sir. No, no, no. This is the outfit. Nah, it's the fit. I don't have that personal connection with my parents like as I see with some of my other friends. Mm-hmm. Saying like back when my father was sick, I, that was the first time I started telling him about girls I was savagey or yeah. not savagey with a girl like I loved at the time or blah blah blah. Yada yada. Saying like I just tell him everything. Mm-hmm. Just throw mm-hmm. it on him. Right. Like you about to like you about to go out. What's up? What you gonna say now? Like I just throw it all out there. But like just to get as personal as I can with him. Before he's gone, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, are you able to do that now or with your kids? Like, that's just another thing. A question I got to get off my chest before. Yeah, well, now it's just like, you know, you know, school stress. The oldest is, you know, getting introduced to boys and stuff like that. That's so, kind of different. I she met a heartbreaker yet? Uh, she met a heartbreaker or is she, is she, is she? Oh, she's kind of like, she's kind of like a strong one. I you know, I'm I'm kinda, you know, worried about the boy. Okay. Uh right. she's full on Pisces and like she's uh Were you afraid having a daughter? Cause I, I was. Because I was like, fuck, like I wanted the world a boy that we're first. In. Yeah. I was like the world that we in that to deal with, like cat calls and mm-hmm. harassment and mm-hmm. just like Pis- danger nice all people. the time. So Pisces I was are like, dreaming in their head a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pisces are, you know. They up there. I was scared. How many you that. have? I have one. One. And this is a girl. She's a girl. She's uh, about twenty months, but Ooh. she lives. But she lives in New Mexico. So I go. I go. I think I'm probably move there in like a year. Yeah. But uh, it's like I have to do a long distance thing. I go like now that I make more money at a restaurant that I work at, I try and go like every month and a half, you know. But it's like it's hard because like yeah, I wish that the mom stayed here, but we broke up and she moved back to her hometown. So that's yeah, why I was asking I, all these questions about I distance. Could, I could. I you know. You know well, that's that's different because I know I'm, I'm going back, back home yeah. to. What so. about what about your friends that had kids out of wedlock? What do you think? Of? Well, my first two were kind of almost out of friend. wedlock. So I know, but like your friends that like are broken up with their yeah, they're not with. Oh, they're not with the yeah. I'm sorry, I missed. I had a relationship, maybe yeah. more so. Cause yeah, yeah, sorry. It's not fun. It don't look fun. It's not fun. It don't look fun, and it look like a lot more expensive than than what I'm. You know, I'm crying about money, but I think I'm all right. Cause I'm still able to save. Like these dudes got court hands in in their pockets. Oh, that's when it gets yeah. You know when it's like extra expense that's that's uh, not just. But that's the thing. But isn't that even even even, like in Brooklyn? That was that was the thing. If you broke up, that's what was going to happen. Even if you give it money, she taking you. So I was like, that was the hustle. Yeah, she was like, they all taking you down to the court. I'm like, nah, nope, I'm not doing that. So. It came, you know, we had some rocky moments, real rocky moments. So, you know, some, some separation where I had to move out. And we just realized that we don't really like other people. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, but it also sound, I mean, I, I can imagine, yeah, like, you were real, young. That's real, that's real. Young yeah, that's when you real. had your first I kid. was young. 21 is young. But yeah. I was still, you know, I would try to, like, you know, meet other girls. She was st- I mean, she can cook. She can do everything I need. She washes my clothes. She buys my clothes now. 
Oh yeah, we were gonna start this whole thing with she dresses you. She dresses me. Uh, <laughs> I just go to the door. FedEx guys there with some boxes, and I'm like, all right, somebody's got clothes. <laughs> and me. then it's <laughs> usually me with a t-shirt. She buys a lot of my shirts, and now she's like working on a logo for me. Oh. My own shirt. Well, what does she do? See, she's an art teacher. See, so, all right, you said that. So she, like, she, what type of art is like her? Like when she makes art for herself, what does she make? She's not making nothing for herself. It's always like what the school wants, or like birthday parties, doing backdrops. Mm -hmm. She got to do this whole backdrop for the graduation. Some people prefer that. She likes it. It's more That's frustration than the school. But I mean, sometimes. I guess, I guess what I meant to say, yeah, okay. So she's a sculptor. Like, what, what's her medium? I should have said. Painting. So she she That's takes like care of me. All right, what's your wife's name? Tashika. Tashika. And Tashika, she's a sculptor. Yes. She's a mom of four. Yes, she's a mom of four. She's a wife of Sydney. She's a church attender. Mm-hmm. And she makes... Missionary. She's a missionary. She makes sculpture. She sculpts, paints. She, I mean, because she got to teach it all to the kids. So what's up? She mm -hmm. kind of devils in there. Yeah. So she works for she works for a school you said. So she works with high school, middle school. She's in uh, public school, elementary. Elementary school. So I guess she's getting kindergarten to fifth. We used to work at the same school for a little while. Okay. She so she originally when you were together you said so she's doing that now. You said earlier she was doing something else. She went to hair school. She did hair. Okay. Yep. So you, <laughs> we both were so you were hair. both doing hair. Yep. Then you were both working at the public school. Yep. Now what instrument does she play? She don't play no instrument, but you know what? I That's catch her tapping. Yeah, yeah. I catch her. I took drum lessons for a minute. Mm hmm. And I'm like, oh, you play drums? She's like, no. She won't admit to playing drums. She actually, she didn't want she, the kids to be musicians. She is in denial about playing drums. She don't want the kids to be musicians. I was like, you are crazy. These kids are gonna be musicians. I mean, you don't have to go to school. You don't have to pay tuition. <laughs> you know, I'm paying back school loans for no reason. I did not have to do, I didn't. You don't think there was anything, like, what did you go to school for? You went to Nyack, you said, right? For mm -hmm. music. No, I went, um, I was going to be a pastor. Hmm. You don't think you got anything out of nothing. the uh, experience of like being, like no mentorship, no nothing? Absolutely Do you think nothing. it's because you had good mentors already through the church and different things like that? No, I don't think they prepared me the right way either. I just think, like maybe spiritually, but like mm -hmm. for life, for real life events, no. So where do you think you got that? Just intuitively or your mom? Streets. <laughs> streets? The streets. Okay. The streets. What got me into stocks. Do you think that your kids have that same guidance though? Like that in, in some ways, like it's, you're laying out that there has been some things that maybe have been a little, a little rough in some ways, but not necessarily the same as you lived in a shelter for a while. You moved a lot. They yeah, maybe no. have some things that you didn't have. They got it a lot better than I had it. So. And that's how I wanted it. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, continue to want it to, to be because nobody should go to a shelter. Mm-mm. I was like. It was not only just homeless shelters. At one point, we had an apartment, and you know, she she had a husband, and she had got married. She got married twice, my mom. And the first husband beat her a lot, so then we had to move to Staten Island. We had to move to Staten Island to a battered shelter, and it used to bug me out that, you know, she used to just 
sneak him in to baddest shelter. I'm like the abuser. Yeah, I'm like this is why he's why we're in here. You know, at first it was like yeah, because he was a man, and it was like yo, he's he's dad. He was the first guy she married. Well, what was her daddy situation like? Fucked Not up. Good. Not well, good. but how and how was he with you guys? He was a bit rough, but he he didn't really do nothing. He always stayed around. You know, he he was respected, well respected around here in Crimes. He just. Whatever job, he did it. And um, when we used to walk down, I used to go to PS9 right down there on Underhill. Who's respected? And um, St. Mark's right by CMS. And nobody ever messed with us. Anyway, but those Nate's kids. So it's like in the community, there was a protection there provided by just like even just his reputation. Just his rep. Uh, but inside the home, obviously, like, he, you're seeing him, like, terrorize your mom. Yep. And maybe he was a little rough with you guys as well. Uh, yeah, did you ever develop any of that? Yeah, because my daddy was, like, very, uh, nice. I never seen him, like, he was never physical. He was, like, kind of a... Develop the physical stuff? Like, like... Mm, no. Like, Not with my woman. And with the kids? But, like, even, like, no. uh, verbally, not necessarily physically... Did you adopt any of that from like being growing up in that type of environment? We don't curse. You mean what? We don't curse. We don't curse in the house. So that was one thing. There was a lot of cursing around me when I was little. It was a lot of drinking. That's what I adapted. What a drinker? Yes, because when when I was little, my uncle used to give me beer. Yeah, I adapted that too. I was like. Four maybe. We drink on the Mexican. It's like my four beer. But we see alcohol on the Mexican podcast. Shout like out to my uncle though, Sam. Like that's, that's, that's my dude though. <laughs> he, he. But um, one, one time I, I was drinking a lot in the house and I had to apologize to the kids. I tell them I was like, I'm sorry, Daddy's gonna stop this. And I guess this is the thing you don't you you try to not bring into the home, but you've had some slip ups with that particular thing. Yeah. At home. There's a few things okay. that, that, you know, early on when we got together, me and the wife, up until maybe some years ago, that it was just like hereditary stuff, just like, you know, just passed down through the family, yeah. coming out through you, and you got to check it. You got to check it, because it will pass right on down to your kids. So, I try to, you know, keep, you know, consciousness about what I'm doing, how I'm doing. Sometimes I'm not even a church. Don't dude. really work out. I'm not even a church dude like that. <laughs> Sometimes you need a beer. Well, you're human. You're human. Yeah. Exactly. That's something that's just in my head. Like I mean, I think like I, I, maybe I, I, I put like these church people are supposed to be like these holier art than thou people, but like well, that's you, you, been disproven. But some, many times but, but, yeah, oh, a lot. so I mean, we have some of them try to make I've themselves feel like that, that when they're around me, like. Like like okay, they're better than me or they, they, they but, but 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 you but like I got a vibe like I'm not even trying to find my way back to the church but just as lately people I've been meeting some cool church people uh-huh. and like people that I wouldn't even expect to be church people you know what I'm saying no man but I'm trying to stay away from this church topic <laughs> no, church church <laughs> church is is a lot of my topic yeah, church is a lot of my it's just in me. You know, and you know, I saw the imperfections in that just I saw in me and my family mm-hmm. passing down. So you just gotta, you gotta. 
Well, you could be, I mean, there's obviously the idea of, of church or like some sort of like organized, like the, the, the basic idea behind it, like, like having like a moral mm-hmm. code, um, having, having some sort of way to grapple with like uh, things that are difficult in the world, having some sort of like frame of how to understand, make, make sense of what's happening around you, right? It's supposed to help the um, community. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So all of that is important and, and you can... Doesn't. Well, it does and it doesn't. I, I would say, like, you know, there is definitely... To, to have this idea that just because that's what the intent is, that that will immediately translate and it's it's across mm-hmm. the board going to be right, mm-hmm. That that's where it's flawed. Yeah. Because the, in, in the same sense, it's a human structure and humans are humans, right? Like, we make mistakes. We, we are constantly learning. We're constantly figuring out how to better ourselves. And if we carry this attitude of, like, I am... I have this intent and therefore I'm correct. That's where we, we mess up a lot. Yeah. One of the ways that we mess up a lot. Another, another, obviously there's other things that, that can influence that, like circumstances, different privileges, different mm-hmm. things that you're exposed to. I feel like you never really grow up. <laughs> I'm seeing how to explain it. Like, you never really get grown. Yeah. You, I just, I'm still trying to find myself as a person. I thought at age. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I, like, I thought in my thirties, I thought by age 30, I have it all. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? And like, uh, and I realized like my brothers out there doing it. Shout out to Sounds Academy, Arizona Phoenix, saying like, uh, like, uh, like he's out there doing this thing. Every time I meet somebody from Phoenix that plays in orchestras, mm-hmm. and I say Kirk Johnson, mm-hmm. they go nuts. Yeah, you know. And like, and like when I talk to him though, it sounds like he's still trying to figure it out too. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even though he's like further along. Well, I think anybody that you're gonna I have, just, like, I, I, this is the fa- father's series, hustle, right? Marathon. Like, it should never end. You know what I'm saying? Never ends. You know, like my dad has been somebody that I've always looked up to. You know, I, I like, easily, when I was a kid, people asked me, who's your hero? No, I'm the youngest. Um, oh, yeah, well, you know. No, but my sister, I mean, it might, she might not frame it this way, but my sister was also very close to my dad, also was very influenced by him. I mean, I guess I will say that, like, the dynamic is a little bit that, like, my dad and my sister had a little bit more butting heads, and then my mom and me had a little bit more butting heads, but, like, mm. later on, mm-hmm. like, we were, like, Yep. Great until I was like in high school and then yep. we started butting heads and now uh, it's a little different. We're both we're all we're both older and there's only two of us. Um, you know, we're in our thirties now, so it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, when I was younger, I definitely would have always said that like my dad was my hero. Um, and in a lot of ways, like I feel very grateful for that because he provided a lot of like the mentorship for me throughout uh, just different struggles. Mm-hmm. A lot of different contexts and uh you know he's he'll be the first to say like i get to age 40 i think i'm gonna have it all figured out turning 66 six, turning nice. 67 this year and he's wow. still he's still figuring out he's just he finished writing the draft of his second book i've been editing that and so like just seeing the process nice. and like and we have this exchange now that's very cool but it's um i think one of the things that like actually what makes him the hero to me is that that understanding of like I might have had an idea that I'm going to have it all together, but, like, there's always, like, the, the older that you get, the more you learn, the more you realize, like, how much you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you could you could say, like, I, I learned all of this what not to do when I was a kid, uh, and then when... I thought, like, as like as a parent, I'm gonna I'm gonna do things differently, and then you see where where patterns do repeat. And the important thing is to be able to recognize that and say, oh, okay, exactly. Like, here's where I'm not perfect, rather than you know. You already got it. it. You already got it. You parent. Okay. You already got it. I'm She's ready to be a mother. You just you just got that's <laughs> all it is, and you gotta just spread it even. What I mean by that is, if one twin come and want to swing up. 
The other twin comes, gonna wanna swing up too. The older one's gonna wanna swing up. Even though he's bigger, you can't really tell him like, oh, come on, man. You, you gotta still, no, he wants to, like they wanna touch the ceiling in the house. Okay. So I, I throw him up to the ceiling. <laughs> so he still kinda wants to touch the ceiling sometimes. I keep like, you too old for that. Nah, I gotta still kinda give him that and then give him the older love at the same time. I love that. You got to do it. Yeah, I want right. to, I, if I was a father, son, I want my kids to feel like little princesses and princes, you know. Because my parents taught me how to work, you know. And, mm-hmm. I, and I know how to, man, I'm really frugal, man. I, can, I don't really need well, much. Well, you West Indian background. Yeah. I don't really different. Need, I don't really need much, you know what I'm saying? That's different. <laughs> saying like, but I do want my kids like to feel like they're entitled, you know. Mm-hmm. The, but you don't want to lose the work part. Nah, nah, nah. They gonna know that. Yeah, don't sure. lose the work part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I want them to know that they're special. Though. You know what I'm saying? Like, whenever that time comes. But like, you gotta pay them. You gotta what? You got to pay them. Pay them. The older, the, the, older, the older they get, I pay my daughter for school. I say you get, I give mm-hmm. her already money during the week when I remember to take cash out of the bank. Wait, give wait, her money. Wait, wait, wait. Listen, motivation. Give her yeah. money. By this, by, cause I hated school. Everybody hates school. You're paying it like it's a job. You're gonna learn how to play the bass and get the money. And I'm employing you. Yeah. So now <laughs> you get money, but if you get over a B, B and up in certain classes, you get fifty dollars each class at the end of the report card period. Whatever you get under, you don't get that money. Recently, I was thinking this because I just finished, you know, editing my dad's second book, and somebody said to me. Recently, like, is he paying you to do that? And I said, you pay for my childhood? <laughs> I'm sure if I was hurting now, like, he'd come through. Um, I don't, you if you he, have access to the bank. Certainly. So, but I always thought of it like, and part of it is I'm taking care of you. But I didn't grow up thinking my parents are paying me to be, like, a student and mm-hmm. a good child. Mm-hmm. But if I if I actually think about it, no, they, they paid for me. Yes. To be, they, they paid me yes. my whole life. Yes. Like, I've always been paid. That's a huge thing, right? Like, that's a huge lesson. You need shelter like the, and you the, need money. That's what's something you're going to be dealing with throughout life, is both the, the relationship and also the resource. But I'm also teaching myself how to be a boss. I got to know <laughs> how to bring in money mm-hmm. and still play pay employees. I'm not going to be playing drums all my life. I got to figure out how to start signing checks. So... We're all learning in this process. They're yes, learning how to make money. I'm learning how to be a boss. I'm learning in mm. the 80s. That's what I Nobody talked about the future. How to make money. It's right now. Where to put your money. Where to get bigger money. How to make your money roll wow, into yeah. a big one. My daddy would always ask me what my five-year plan was. Mm-hmm. I get mad. Because when you when you're 14, thinking about like my uncles, they were on that shit on a level. But were they partying? They were partying more than my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Partying. And like uh, daddy was oldest. He was like second or third. How many? Ten, nine. Ten. That's nine. Nine or ten. Saying my mama got this. Got like five, six, seven on her side too, man. I was, I got so many aunties saying they'd be mad when I would be calling. Like I got a lot to keep up with. Now did a, yeah, for you? Well, you? We had to do you. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's Father's Day. Yeah. We have said for yeah. a long time that I ain't a father. So you the father? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. No. Nah, we can talk about fathers though, in general. No, fathers. Nah. I ain't had no daddy. I my dad. A lot of other stuff. Then is it fuck him or is it like when I was younger? It was. Oh, you can't I, do, I that. I do that. I understand that 
sometimes you don't really know the whole story. Yeah. And that's what growing up with mom I got a and boy. learning stuff later on. Sometimes they don't really tell you the whole story. And, you know, it's nice to stick by your mom, but you also got to see the flaws. When she, you were, she was 16, how old would he have been? He was a little older, and I think he was a drug dealer. Okay. But, ain't nothing wrong with drug dealers. No, not, not at all. You uh, know, that's another thing that handed down to me. But yeah. he saw me after I was born, apparently, and was like, oh, that's him? Well, you know, take care of yourself type situation. How much older? She never really told me. And okay. then she, so you don't know, you don't have like a name, you don't have a photo? His name is Charlie. Charlie Blount, according to what she told me. So she, she can't okay. find him. She said she was looking for him. She can't find him. Did I don't you really, ever look uh, No. No. Because then, you know, what if you don't really like him? So, you know? What if you really like people you into it? He could have pulled me into a different situation. Like, instead of me being in church and learning the drums, I could have probably been, like, idolizing drug dealer daddy in the 80s, and I wouldn't been here. I'm still here. I got four babies. They all love me. Have you made full peace with that? Or a lot of people say that shit. I used to think about it a lot. Yeah. I wonder what about him, you know, I got like facial features or like. You don't know what he looked like? No, nothing. Yeah, no, nah, I don't even know. And he shit. also, I mean, he also could have looked for you too, right? Like there's and that he don't thing. say fuck that dude. <laughs> nah, I don't think he looked for me. For him, this was all in Brooklyn. He knew, you know what I'm saying? He, he knew mm-hmm. that you were around though. He knew. He saw me after I was out in the hospital. And then, you know. Whatever. I don't know what that shit is, man. That's whack. That shit is whack. I couldn't do it. Fucking drop an album and be like, yo, I wasn't on that. It's like, you know what I'm rapping on it. It's like, yeah, I wasn't on that. That's not me. He never really mattered. I'm like, all right, I'm here, but he never really mattered. He just got me here. My real father, his father's, my uncle, my bishop, my pastor. Fuck that dude, man. Nat Townsend. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that shit at all, man. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're younger, that's the problem. A lot of the touring, I was like, oh, are they going to be mad that I'm not around? And they're young. And no, nah, they knew I was working. And they know I come back with stuff. And when I'm back, I'm back. He back. It's like the consistency of it. I think different people are going to play a different role for a child. Your career is something where you're on the road part of the time. The important thing is consistency philosophically, emotionally mm-hmm. when you're there. How you connect when you touch base. And, and obviously there's going to be a frequency of it. But there's this idea of this like traditional family like it's got to be daily. But that's not what every family looks like. No. You know? So the, the it's more about like that emotional consistency. Like I'm I'm... Every time I touch base with you, every time we connect, mm-hmm. like you're going to know every day in your mind, like this is the role that I have and this is who I am. Yeah. That's what's important. And it's, it's sometimes it's nice. Like when I come home from a long, grueling tour, you know, I got like a little maid banner, like, welcome mm-hmm. home, daddy. Kids waiting at the door. You know, just people excited to see you. It's nice. And you're excited to see them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, as soon as you put the key in the door, mm-hmm. you just hear feet scrambling. And you like, ah. So I got some moments when you like, just started crying. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I got like some moments in my life I wasn't even expecting to like have no tears and just all of a sudden I just got an ugly face and look at myself in the mirror like that. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes like just that. like the hugs come when you like just in a deep moment and you're like, man, I got to get a house. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Just stuff like that. And they know. And they come hug you and you just like, you know. 
<laughs> trying to wipe him away, you know? And he's like, what's wrong, Dad? You know, the Chicken gigs, less spicy. These gigs. <laughs> no, I tell him, you know? I say mom's cutting the roof. I like to tell him when stuff is wrong. So... Yeah, the important thing is being honest about what's happening in the moment and talking through it. People can really get through some tough things yeah. if people are honest around them. Uh, you know, you, the worst thing is to deny the emotion that's happening. Sometimes you just want somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes, when most times when you're younger, it's daddy. It's like daddy's the power. Sometimes most families look at as, you know, he's supposed to support, make sure we don't go down, make sure the ship don't go down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot of pressure. A maternal role is there is like a day-to-day -day making sure the ship doesn't go down. It can go underappreciated in some senses because it's like daily. A father can often be like a more symbolic sort of... Yeah, well, I, at times I was thinking like, if I fail, if I fail, this is done. So rooted in the hustle, like you can't fail. You let the barbershop ship... You no, that's why I keep doing it. You got the church I like, shit. I cannot fail. You got the session shit. You in there. You're rooted. What right? if you're gone for four months? Who's doing the shit? Let's at this right. age, yeah. I, I tend to stay away from the, the four month. And okay. Anything like that. Yeah. Spring. That's a whole season. You fall. Right. I don't think about that. We did some summer sprinkles, and then it was right all over again. Four months. A day in between, maybe. You might get a day off. All the plane ride. Plane ride is asleep. The plane ride, the bus, the planes was the worst part for me. Oh, you got the drums? Yeah, I play bass, upright. Yeah, so yeah. I want, I wanted to just if I could stay in the van and drive from gig to gig. I'm I don't like the sitting in the airport rechecking my symbols. You lose money. Let's do the Nightliner tour. Let's not fly out. Way to Toronto and then come back to the Nightliner and do it. I don't like that stuff. Like let's do it here. You can say no, and that's the thing. I felt like it was with us early in the Blitz tour. He didn't say no to a lot of stuff because we wanted to make know, a reach. You, you can say no. Yeah. Let's do it next year. Or what like a any sort of like entertainment. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, you always have the power of no, but the more yes you give, yeah. you and the more you then, then you actually are able to have the power of no and have it have some effect. It seemed uh, like that, but when we was doing the festivals and when we would start coming up and elevate a little bit, we learned. The plateau? Like, mm -hmm. it's just the festivals you do hit. Yeah. That's going to give well, you Well, yeah, right. You have the power of no to say. All the rest so of this little stuff. say yes to the things that you actually want that yeah. are going to bring in more. Don't kill yourself for the local club. Sometimes you think it's going to generate extra money. It really doesn't because you got to spend more money to, to get, get to that gig. Yeah. So, that's stuff you learn. Uh, we're on a tour for four months. Why do we stay in different hotels? Call one hotel chain. Give them your tour dates. We'd like to stay in your hotel. Mm. Flat rate budget. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. This is stuff you learn. Flat rate budget. And as much as you can, you can stay in that hotel. Sometimes you may not be able to reach that certain hotel. Then we, you pay. We've been thinking about the Met Cap tour. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Stuff you learn along the way. But yeah, I love that I have my kids. And I think they're a big part of the success. Yeah, deadass. Who's your favorite kid? I don't have a favorite, no, but like I said, I pay more attention to the second one. But is there like one more question you want no, to hit before we do that? Did call, I miss one? Do you see my, it on no, the list? We didn't ask about your diet. I don't really... It didn't ask you whether it's okay. Wife cooks. Wife cooks. Wife okay. cooks all the food. Oh, man. What was your name again? Tashika. Tashika, you do so much. Tashika. Sakaya, oldest daughter. Oh, I got a question. Joseph. Sakaya. Makaya Mackenzie. 
or the twins. I got a question about uh, I drink, I stay up late, and I sleep in uh, different hour oh, pockets. Sleep schedule. Oh, I heard when you have kids, there's like a bigger desire to live longer. You know. Uh, yep. What changed in your life when that family stuff started really rolling? <clears throat> well. You know, I try to use a little bit of marijuana every now and then to calm the balance. No, that's good but for your skin and for you. No, the wife don't like it at all. She don't like it at all. At all. She don't. That shit calms the stomach. That comes with her upbringing. With her father. It's good for the stomach. No. What's her father? What's her background? Not good with drugs. Not good with drugs. So. Some people are, yeah, more receptive to it though. She's a little, she's scared. All, all drugs are the same drug. Pretty much. I see you going. You know? I hear you. But I'm or it's going to lead to something. Okay. And I'm like, no, this, this is my balance. Oh, you need it to, to deal with us. No, it's not like that at all either. It's just, it's a lot of thoughts going in my head. How to make the next move. What's the next move? If I fail, we're done. So, you know, a lot of the pressure is just built up. And I try to use... A little bit of marijuana to get through that. Health. Did you start smoking less weed with kids? Well, I guess you got to. In the beginning, I didn't even smoke with my oldest. I had to stop for a little while because I, I thought I was going to play basketball. Like professional? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Shit. I didn't even go to that question of what yeah. would you have done if you were a musician because I thought we'd cover it. I was going to play some height. basketball. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, you look at the NBA now, my height is all right. Uh, it was different when I was younger. You had to be tall, oh, but now shit. it's like... No, but what position did you play? Shooting guard. Point guard. Oh, oh shooting guard. You I had to, point guard. My first guard. position was center. I was oh. this height since sixth grade. <laughs> I grew fast, and and then that was it. Sydney Driver yeah. playing too. Yo, I played... Yo. I, I was a dirt, dog. I was a center that could shoot. I could always shoot. I was just tall for my age. So yeah, by the time right. I got to college and my height never changed, it was like, you have to learn how to dribble the basketball now. <laughs> you actually have to try. Yeah, and I was like, this is not going to work. Before there was a Steph, there was a Sydney driver. Okay. <laughs> I was a shooter. Yeah, 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 dead ass. And okay. with my, me and my little brother Mike, yeah. two on two, since we were born, never lost a two on two. Another thing I respect about you is like, you the first dude. That I see call out uh, Quest Love, bro. You call out Quest Oh, Quest. Yeah, Quest Love. Because I grew up with him. It was like Flea on bass. Yeah, Flea's dope. But this song, I fucks with Flea. Yeah, I know what you're yeah, saying. Because I just I yeah. played the last one set shit. Yeah. And I was studying all Flea bass lines. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's other bass players. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And it's like a preference thing. But I'm saying Flea's that shit. But he got a name out there that's heavy in the streets. Uh, Quest Love got a name that's heavy in the streets. And there's like, like a lot of names that go underappreciated. I remember when I heard Eric Harlan for the first oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just at a fucking studio party. But like, I remember Eric Garland, like, no matter who was soloing, he would make them sound amazing. Yes. But that's your job. And the heat is making them this sound amazing. That's your job as a drummer. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I saw him. You got to elevate the song. You got to know the yeah. song better than the horn player. They were just freestyling, bro. What about, well, like, Fleet? Has Fleet put on other bass players? Have you ever heard him mention? I don't know like that. I don't like that. Well, that's the I, thing. With Quest, there's no bring up. Okay. I follow him on Instagram. He does feature a lot of, not necessarily drummers, but like... Never drummers. Okay. This is oh, this okay. is the beef. He, he other people's shit. He's constantly putting up other people's shit, but it's, I, I haven't been it's looking at it ever that closely to see And you know what? Drummers. When he's at your show, 
He want to play. <laughs> like, what is that? Never. You just going to tell me you just going to come up here. You just, like, you that good? You're not that good. And you've not sound any different from voodoo to present. Like, as a musician. Do you think that some of that, though, is that you get, like, a certain, you get a certain level of celebrity. Well, that's the like, thing we were talking to, about in us. Group, like, right? you get to a point where, like, you still feel like you're just not good. Like, there's certain people that get to a point they feel like they are good. Yeah. That is not it in music. That check just, fuck up yeah. your mind. But I, want, I wonder if, like, in some ways, somebody might start prioritizing. Like, I, I find myself slipping into this. Like, I start feeling like, okay, well, this is an area that I that I'm good at. That's Full good. Circle. I can do that. Like, uh, like autopilot, and then other areas I might want to develop more. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's flawed, of course, because everything advances. But everything everything moves to the next level, and you you can't just think that you're like set. You, you know, something. never really know your instrument. But there's a difference between taking a break from learning. And, and insecurities, having, and then having an attitude like I have it forever. I think There's it's I think it's insecure. That. I think it's insecure because when you have a jam at Highline Ballroom and everybody gets to sit in on every other instrument and you never get up off the drums, that's an insecurity. Questlove, we're talking about. <laughs> no, 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 that's an insecurity. You got drummers lined up. I'm going. But like maybe that's his hustle. I ain't gonna. That's not him. a hustle. You get you getting you getting the Fallon check. He's still doing that. You saying? Yeah. Oh, I thought you talking about when he's coming up. No, no I'm talking about now that. with three altercations I had with him. I I I just can't respect him because I'm like, all right, you got an okay not, play thing. Like, you help out bands, like, but like ba you ba never bass. help out no drummer. You never post no drummers. You need even get a new fill around the kit. Like you can't even really go around the kit for real. Like why? Am I, what am I thinking about you for? Let you had a drummer. Play. You had a battle with Justin Bieber on Fallon Show, and Bieber worked your ass on drums. Yes, Bieber? but yeah. Bieber, Bieber's chops was sloppy, and they still sounded better than Questlove. But that's why I'm like, that's how one, dog. that's how Bieber got into music. He could play like he could play a lot of instruments, like like Prince, right? He can play. He can play. He, but I mean, he not a drummer. You a drummer. You're not supposed to let a tinkler work your ass on national television. Absolutely not. I would have killed Bieber. We would have went the whole rest of that show going chop for chop. Did you just call Bieber a tinkler? He was tinkling on, on drums. drums. On oh, drums. tinkling on the drums. Okay. It's not like, you're not going to call Bieber for a drum gig. I would never have thought that you would. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But he can get on there and be like... Doo -doo 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 -doo. That's about as far as I got. Now you can set up two drum sets. We'll do that me and Questlove. Quit. Yo. Questlove. Whatever. Wait, you no, not passing. Wait, wait, you, you calling him out? I've been calling him out for years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Thought, this has nothing to do with you. No, Black Thought. Okay. Stop hiding behind her. Black Thought. I do Let's one. go. Are there any sort of like things that you tell yourself wait, to keep yourself going wait. that mm -hmm. might be good for our listeners? But as like as, as a father. Mm-hmm. What can I say? Uh, don't be afraid. You will never be prepared for children, but you are prepared. Hmm. Like, it's already in you. It's just the good nature in you will help you raise another good person. You got to recognize what's bad in you to not put it in them. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to look in the mirror and tell yourself when you are wrong to be able to tell somebody else they're wrong. You cannot... Try to reprimand your kids, and you don't have it all right yourself. You know, everybody's going to mess up. Everybody needs guidance. If you have a child, they will never get in your way. They all come with their own blessings. They all come with stuff that they need to survive, like so like Mario, like power-ups. 
Like, you don't even know where they come from. It's just certain blessings. You know, I'm a Christian, so I'm going to say it come from God. But, you know, whatever I needed was always there. I never really had to, like, you know, struggle. Like, I may not have had all I needed, but I always had enough. And I gave it to them. And they saw that. And they respected it. So, you know, if you just always honest and real with your kids and uh, honest and real with yourself, everything should move smoothly. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about anything. All that will come if you just practice your craft. All of this comes full circle to practice. You cannot be a musician and not practice and elevate because you will not elevate in life. You'll do that with a child. You'll do that with everything else in life. She's just about being positive, not being lazy, and going after what you want and being prepared for it with practice. All right. <laughs> yo, That's good. That's perfect. Hey, yo, I want to thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I want to thank you for taking the time to come and kick it with us, man. Like, yeah, man. Uh, yo, let the, yo, let them know your uh, your handles. At CyberActive on Instagram. I don't really do the Twitter. Nobody does no more. But if you like career stuff, it's like Instagram only. At CyberActive. And um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's it? That's it. That's it. OMG. Thank you guys for listening. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I'm playing with y'all. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that 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 was definitely Sydney Driver. That surprisingly, we went back to the church a lot, and that's what surprised me a lot. You know, uh, just a lot of good things can come out of the church, even though sometimes we talk down on the church. But yeah, you can find him at Cyberactive on the IG at Cyberactive. You know, and you can. Follow us, of course, on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, at the Madison Cabinet Podcast. You know, hit that subscribe button, smash it. And then on IG, the Med Cab Pod. And the featured artist that we have for this episode is a homie of mine named Enor the Mouse. You know, that's, that, that's his, uh, his artist's name. And the piece of uh, the work that we chose was uh, Dream Burgers. You know, I felt that it went good. We felt that it went good with the Father's Day theme, you know, grilling. Not saying that all the fathers grill, but a lot of fathers do, you know, in respect to that. Saying it's grilling season, make a burger, flip it. But uh, Impossible Burgers are good, too. Saying, But, uh, yeah, uh, I hope you liked the episode. Saying smash that uh, subscribe button. And tell me what you think about the art. Leave a comment. All right, thanks. Have a good one.